been so much fun this week. There's lots and odds and ends and stuff going on. And just being able to see the goodness of God is amazing. Um, well, I get to be here with you to, again tonight. I'm so thankful. Um, the last time I was here, I got to do something that was the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my life, I think. But uh, um, I told somebody, they asked about it, and I said, well, if it'll help people, I, I was willing to do it, and God's checked me. And he goes, no, I asked you to do it. Didn't matter any of the rest of it. It stopped there. So uh, praise the Lord. He's so, so good to us, and uh, I don't want to take anything away from what he's told us. Amen? Um, The last time we talked about some stuff, and we talked about a word from the Lord for my wife, and uh, he had told her to learn of me. And uh, I was believing God for something to talk about that wasn't about everything I did wrong today. And... Glory to God. And so uh, I was I was believing God for a way to get across my heart uh, for everybody in here, everybody watching and online, all of my family and friends in Branson, but to get across my hope and uh, and what the Lord has put in me toward everybody else to be able to see them, the Jeremiah 29, 11, to have a hope and a future, to be able to see and know and understand how much God loves us, how much He wants us to have great and wonderful, wonderful things. And uh, Brother Moore has been talking about um, 3 John, verse 2. Can we put that up, please, 3 John, verse 2? And he's been talking about this. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so uh, this scripture covers pretty much everything. I don't know what it doesn't cover. If your soul prospers... You have the gifts of the Spirit. You have the fruit of the Spirit. You have a hope and a future. And if you prosper in the natural, then your needs are met and all of that's taken care of and you don't have to worry day to day. And if you're in health, you, you're not hindered. You can go and do all of the things God has called you to do. And so I really like the way that's worded, and uh, I want the guys, they're going to play a song. And uh, it kind of tells a little bit about my heart, for I want you to know the goodness of God. It's a secular song, but the words are amazing. So guys, let's play that. The days come easy and the moments pass slow And each road leads you where you want to go And if you're faced with a choice and you have to choose I hope you choose the one that means the most to you And if one door opens to another door closed I hope you keep on walking till you find the window If it's cold outside, show the 
There's so many amazing one lines in there. There's so many things about life to the fullest till it overflows. Life unhindered to where you have the vision God gave you. Can you bring my volume down just a little? That you have the vision that God gave you, and that it's, it's unhindered by all that's around about you. 
to where you can walk boldly in who you are. There's so much in this life, in this world, about people feeling like they're not worth this or they're not worth that or or they need somebody else to make them complete. You do. You need Jesus. But in Him, you don't need anybody else. In Him, you can move, you can live, you can have your being, you can have everything in your life And you can walk with your head high because God is the lifter of your head. You don't have to walk with your head down wondering what's going to happen next week, next month, next year. All you have to do is see Jesus for who He is. Know that in Him, you're complete. In Him is all you stand in need of. There's nothing else in this world besides Him that you need like you need Him. There are people in this world that God sent and put around you to help you, to lift you up, to show you, to teach you. For me, that's this family. I grew up in a church. My grandpa was a pastor. My dad's a pastor. I grew up knowing church, knowing the love of God, knowing all of the Bible stories. We did quizzes on the Bible stories. So for me, when people are talking about them, I see the little felt board that they had David and Goliath. They had Daniel in the lion's den. They had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had all of these people laid out. And we got to see, walk through how good God is. We got to see the love of God from an Old Testament covenant brought into a New Testament covenant. We got to see in the Old Testament where a few people were were filled with the Spirit, the Spirit upon them that they knew and saw things, to a place where Jesus came. God sent a comforter. He can fill each and every one of us and show us things to come in our life and help us and enable us. Last time I got to talk, the Lord had told me to tell you a bunch of stuff that, that I messed up. I did it wrong. But you know what? He didn't leave me there. He didn't make me stay there. He didn't make me grovel in my mistakes. His mercy, His grace, His love, even at the moment I messed up, His love wrapped around me. And He told me, I'm not going to leave you here. He gave me a word. Do you think I'm not able to do more than that? We had got to a place in the natural, that was the highest I ever dreamed of being able to be because we made it to something I had dreamed about since I started construction in 1987. And we finally got to that place, and then I messed up. I missed God as far as I I went. I was, which, let me clarify that. I would rather, I guess, miss him early than miss him too late. And what he told me, I tried, I endeavored to do the very best I knew. But you know, he helped me. When we got out of all of that mess, we got down here eight, 
eight years and two days ago. Dan and I showed up at this property 10, 10, 10, 10 November or October 10th, 2010. And we went through all of that junk and God gave me favor down here. We were ineligible to be able to get a loan, to get a house, to do anything because of all that had happened. But God showed up on my behalf so much so I had people calling wanting to know if it was a family member that had got us into the house. Is that somebody you knew? Is that somebody, one of your family members that did that? No, it's the favor of God. And He's no respecter of persons. So what He's done for us, He'll do for anybody. And that man gave us favor. We found out we were moving down. We had about, I don't know, we were moved in 45 days, I think, from the time we knew we were going to be down here. A lot of my family, friends in Branson Church, a lot of people here helped with this house. God blessed us with it. He, uh, I grew up in the country. This is on five acres on a dead-end road with... Um, a house and some outbuildings so I can play around a little bit. Um, There's water buffalo next door. Not everybody gets to live by a herd of water buffalo. But they're most of the time very quiet. But God gave us that opportunity and some of the guys that are here, family that are here, they came out, helped me get the house together, did some work on it. Um, But... I felt like I kind of left you like God left us there. And I wanted you to know that He didn't. He's faithful. He got us out. And He gave us friends and family there in Branson to help my wife get everything packed up, loaded up, and ready to move. And then down here, we were able to get this house. And the guy was, I told him, I said, there's, there's no way we're going to get a conventional loan. And... He understood it, gave us favor, let us move into the house. I was working on it a week or so after I talked to him. He let us, regardless of what was going to happen, if we moved the next year, if we moved in four months, any monies that we put into the house, he was going to return that money upon the sale of the house. And then he was going to let us share in the profits of that house That's God. That's favor of God. And so we were able to move into a house and he carried it and took care of us for the time we needed three or four years before we were even eligible to do anything else. That's what God does. That is the hope and the future. And so he took care of that friends and family, this church family, that church family, some of my direct family blessed us with money, came and helped. We put cabinets in it. We put a roof on it. We put new water system in it. We put a water heater and water, uh, the, all of the outdoor stuff. All of that was the blessing of the Lord to get us to where we could move in so my wife and family could come down in less than a month. And so God supplied above and beyond, even though I had done some stuff wrong, His mercy, His grace. Do you remember when Peter was on the boat and Jesus came walking on the water? Here Jesus Jesus is, He's walking on the water. They're scared. They see Him. 
Peter realizes it's Jesus. And Peter wanted to be wherever Jesus was. And he's like, oh, Jesus, if it's you, let me come to you. I'm going to walk on the water. Well, he bailed out of the boat, started walking. We don't know how far he got. We don't know how far they could see Jesus away. It could have been more than one or two or three steps. He may have walked halfway. We don't know. But somewhere in there, he decided the waves and the wind looked a little big. And he took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to sink. Now, the God that most people think we serve... They would end that story if they were talking about it that Jesus let him bob in the water to teach him something for a little while. And then he walked over and he goes, where's your faith? As he's gurgling, sucking air. What are you doing? Why are you down there? Don't you believe who I am? You see, that's the way so much of the world thinks of a harsh God because me... Other people have been harsh in our life. And we've treated things harshly and we are the representation of who Jesus is. And so people have this aspect of the Father and of Jesus that they see around all of us. And so that's not what happened with Peter. I don't, I don't think he even went under. I don't think his head got wet. I think Jesus was right there, grabbed him. And he put him in the boat, made him safe, secure, knew nothing could happen after that point. And then he says, where's your faith? Then it was a teachable moment. He doesn't try to teach you in the trial. He doesn't try to teach you in the hardship. He gets you out. And once you're out and your mind's not cluttered with everything else that's going on and all of the junk and the trash in the world and the things you went through, then he goes, okay, baby, this is what you needed to do. It's not like the world perceives. It's not harsh. It's not hard. It's smooth. It's easy. Let's go to that scripture. There in Matthew 11.25. Let's start there. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and prudent. Let's stop right there. Leave that up. The wise and the prudent, the people that are absolutely full of what they know, what they can do, how they can be. <laughs> and hast revealed them unto babes we're supposed to become as a little child glory to God verse 26 even so father for so it seemed good in your sight 27 all things are delivered unto me of my father 
No man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. That's what Jesus was here for. He came to reveal the Father. He came so that we could have an earthly, godly representation of our Heavenly Father. Of who He actually is. Not the harsh law. Not the law that if you do something right 400 times, nothing happens. But the moment you do it wrong, somebody smacks you in the back of the head. That's not godly. That was necessary for a time and a dispensation. Go to 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look at uh, verse 30 in the NASB, New American Standard. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. There's another one. Um, One of them says, my load is light. It may be the updated... But one of them, it's a New American Standard, one of those. (laughs) Uh, Maybe the updated. The load I give you, that's easy to read version. The load I give you to carry is light. You see, we don't use burden the way they use burden. We think your heart has a burden. That's not the same thing. This is a time when they had pack mules or pack horses And they would load them down with weight. That was a burden. They would burden them down. And they would load them with this weight for them to pack around. And that's why he's telling us we weren't really designed to be pack mules. There's not many pack sheep. He didn't call us mules or horses. He called us sheep. Sheep don't handle carrying a burden the way other animals do. Glory to God. Let's go to the Amplified of verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened. And I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest, relief, ease, refreshment, recreation, blessed quiet for your souls. Verse 30. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh or hard or sharp or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, 
pleasant and my burden is light and easy to be born. You know, there's so much in this life, like we were talking about at the beginning, that we as a church have portrayed as being so hard, so harsh. And many times that's why a lot of our family doesn't really want to be there. We can have harsh and hard out in the world. We can have harsh and hard all over with all kinds of people doing all kinds of stuff. But God said it was wholesome. It would be easy. It would be light. And so I wanted to tell you a couple other things that God has done for us through Him just guiding us. Him showing us how good He is. Him being able to show people around about us the goodness of God. One of my greatest joys is for God to do something through us. And people that don't normally see God in that light, their eyes light up. Because they know, wow, that's a side of God I've never seen before. That's a look of the Father, a love of the Father I've never been able to see before. I've never seen that level of provision, that level of Him taking care of us. We cast all our care over on Him. He cares for us. And so, um, I told you a little bit about this house that's down here and uh, how much God took care of us. Um, There's so much that happened in that. Um, And most of what we operate in is stuff we learned sitting here, sitting in Branson, listening to Brother Moore. We were laughing about it a little while ago. Um, We were talking to somebody else about ministry stuff. And, you know, the first time I went to, to the Branson church and sat in the soul building and listened to Brother Moore, we were traveling doing 90 services plus a year on the weekends and singing and ministering and and in spite of all of the nice examples I've given you over the years <laughs> about all of the things Brother Moore said, don't pray this way, that was us. He might as well have just held our little picture up <laughs> because all of that, oh Lord, if it be your will, oh Lord, help him. Oh, like he's deaf. Like, like maybe he didn't remember the last four times you said it. And so we had done all of those things, but in spite of all of that, the Lord healed people. The Lord saved people. We got to see phenomenal stuff. We got to see lame people walk. We got to see blind people see. We got to see AIDS healed, hepatitis healed, all of this stuff healed. Hernias go in under your hands and disappear on their stomach. We got to see cool stuff that even though we were absolute babies in the knowledge and the revelation we had, 
God still wanted to love those people so much. He was willing to use us. And so we we laugh about it because, you know, God used roosters and a donkey. And he said, if you wouldn't do it, the rocks would cry out. So we, we may have only been one or two steps above those at the time. But God saw fit to love people through us. To be able to let us, in what revelation we had, lay hands on the sick and they recovered. Over and over and over and over and over. So much so, we were fully disappointed when a sick person didn't come up when we traveled. We're like, what's up with that? No opportunity. But I sat there the first time I went, and I listened to Brother Moore, and I left, and I'm like, oh my Lord, how have you used us? We know absolutely nothing. All of this stuff he talked about, I went, oh, wow, oh. And so the whole service, I'm going, oh, my goodness. We've been doing that all wrong. Well, you can't go back to a group of six or eight that you're traveling with and go, this is all wrong. We've got to revamp this whole thing. And so the Lord helped me. We didn't do that. We kept traveling. But... Man, my heart, my heart was to be able to know enough to not be used just through grace and mercy, but to have some knowledge. Enough to be able to understand a few of the scriptures to where you can rightly fit two of them together where they make sense. And so we started coming off the road. Did 60 services the next year and 30 services and 15 or 20 and then just one or two. And you know, it's been the greatest thing for me, for my family that we ever did. Because we yielded under a ministry that what is one of the main things that we hear more than most anything else? Where? is the scripture. So much of what I was taught was religious tradition. What I was taught was what other people had seen happen and experienced. But then you come here and you get to see they teach on this and then the Spirit walks it out in front of you. They teach on that And then the Spirit walks it out in front of you. I remember one of the first times that uh, I had saw them and Brother Moore was teaching on um, tongues and interpretation and the gifts of the Spirit. And he taught on it a little bit. Miss Phyllis had a word in tongues. He gave the interpretation. I was like, that is cool. That's the way that's supposed to work. (laughs) Now, my wife grew up Pentecostal and her dad is a pastor And that is normal at their church. And so when we met, I had been traveling a little bit, but I was still trying to get used to some of that because it wasn't the norm where I grew up. God showed up. People got saved. People got their needs met. But the demonstrations weren't there. And so 
as we started learning more and doing more, God started showing up in our everyday life. And you want to you wanna see people <laughs> amazed at God, let God show them something to the ungodly world. Let the ungodly see the goodness of God manifest before their eyes. I told you about the electric wires being mended out here. That gentleman, he wouldn't even go tell anybody. He said, I can't tell anybody about it because ain't anybody going to believe me. Those are the things that are so amazing. The hope and the future in those things. Glory to God. Go to Matthew 18 and 18. Now, we uh, last week, not this week, last week, week of increase, Brother Moore read out of Brother Hagen's book, I believe in visions. And for anybody else, did that revolutionize some stuff for you? Did that? I was getting ready for the message today. And I'm getting my three and four. Then I'm like, wait, wait, they're all in Matthew. That's only one witness. I'm like, oh my goodness. Isn't that amazing? If you didn't get to be a part of that, you need to go back, listen to the week increase. Because when Jesus was talking <laughs> to Brother Hagen. He told him he was going to give him four witnesses, and it wasn't Matthew 5.30, Matthew 6.20, Matthew 15.18. It was him. It was three of the other people in the Bible, Paul and James. And so he gave him three actual people's accounts, three witnesses, four is what he gave him. That revolutionized some stuff for me. You guys probably already knew that. I didn't. So when I was getting my notes ready and I'm putting down some scriptures and I'm like, oh yeah, he did this and he this and this. And then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. That's out of the mouth of one witness. Glory to God. See the stuff we learn? It'll change your life. Just hanging around in here. It'll change your life. Glory to God. Matthew 18, 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Verse 19. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Now, how many of you have known that scripture a long time? Praise the Lord. Um, go to the CEV of verse 18. I think it's contemporary English version. When... Brother Moore was reading out of that. I'd heard the story about Brother Hagen and the little imp going yakety yak yak, yakety yak yak over and over and over. 
But until he talked about it and he put these scriptures together, it didn't make sense. It didn't click to me. But I want you to read this because this will change everything that you believe. I promise you that God in heaven will allow whatever you allow on the earth. But he will not allow anything you don't allow. That's what Brother Moore was talking about last week. And it goes in, in line so well with the rest of what I want to talk about. I was absolutely amazed. God will allow. Remember, Jesus told him, if you wouldn't have did something and said something and stopped that, I couldn't. God couldn't. Because he gave that power, that authority to the church. And so when I saw this in this version where it said it and it words it this way, I promise you that God in heaven will allow whatever you allow. I thought, oh, Lord, forgive me. I, I have allowed way too much. And that brought me back to what I had to talk about a couple of weeks ago. Because I allowed too much. There's so much going on in our lives that if we'll hang here and we'll receive it and be doers of it, the enemy can't steal, kill, and destroy in your life. He can't do that anymore. We can evict him, kick him out, not let him come back. Amen? I, uh, there's so much that I would like to have known a few years ago. And I'm sure if you go back and you look at the services, Brother Moore taught it. And I was sitting right over here. But I didn't get it. And I went through some stuff that I didn't have to go through. And so if you're here and you're going through stuff, you don't have to go through it either. All you got to do is go back, get weak increase, listen to it. Go through it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, till it settles in. Until we know we started out talking about who we are in Him. Till we know who we are in Christ, in His righteousness, in His power, in His authority. Oh man, there's so much that the enemy tries to get away with. And I look back over my life and there's so much. It was just the mercy of God that kept me out of it. So many things. It was just the mercy of God. And so as we sit in these services and uh, we hear and we understand and we see cool things that God shows us, reveals unto us, we're able to start walking them out. And... Uh, I'm going to jump on you uh, or past a little. Um, not long back, we got to go up and uh, remove a big chunk of concrete in the building there in Branson in the foyer. And I got to go up and help and be a part of that. And the reason I'm bringing it up is it was something when we got in the building in like 07, we didn't want anything to do with it. There was some little bitty pads 
that were in there in two or three places that we got a guy named Jack that was on a... <laughs> he could run a 90-pound uh, jackhammer one-handed. And this man spent hours getting this one little pad on one side knocked out with a big jackhammer. And every time we walked through the middle, there was this concrete chunk big enough to have 40 or 50 people sit around the outside of it. And we're thinking, day with Jack. Hmm, little pad. Well, we're learning. So we're believing God. Now, everything else we took apart in there was built just that way. Like they didn't know how to build something light. They just kept pouring concrete till it reached the top. And so when we got there and we opened the top of it, it's level with concrete. And so for years, we've talked about taking it out. See, remember, the devil goes around like a roaring lion. He's not. Well, that chunk of concrete was kind of like that roaring lion for us. We avoided it. We decorated it. We put flowers on it. We put some seat cushions on it. Stained some wood, put around it. Tried to make it look good. Because nobody wanted to tackle this huge chunk. Well, Miss Phyllis, last year, actually earlier this year, she's like, think we can get rid of that? I'm like, ma'am, if you want to get rid of it, we can get rid of it. Well, I told you a couple weeks ago, God told me to help the Moors. And so everything in me from the time she brought it up, I'm going, oh, Lord, help that not be solid concrete. Lord, make it easy. And so for weeks, every time it came to my mind, I'm like, Lord... I charge ministering spirits, go, make that easy. Do whatever needs to happen that that part goes easy and smooth. That it's not a chunk of concrete. That it's not full of gravel this high. That, that it's easy. Well, we got up there and God is so good to us. Absolutely phenomenal good to us. We had good help. The staff... Some of them dropped everything they were doing, came and helped. We had volunteers coming in and helping. The clean team came in. We made a big dusty mess. Had all kinds of bobcats and, well, actually, forklifts and bobcats and everything running around the outside of the building and some of them inside the building. And uh, we had prayed before we started. And we knew the one outside row was cinder block. But we didn't know what anything else was. And uh, so we prayed, believed God it'd be easy. We bailed in on it, had jackhammers there. Ben and I got to run jackhammers for a little while. And it started out halfway tough. And then the Lord helped us and it got easier. Then we found out the cinder block didn't have rebar down into the floor. It was just a little bit of masonry mud and the cinder block sitting on it. So, 
as soon as we broke that loose, it would come apart. The other thing it did was, which no mason would build it this way. They put these huge horses that were brass or something on top of them that weighed a lot. You wouldn't build anything to hold something up the way this was built. It had to be God helping us. He knew one day we would need to take it out of there because nothing was rebarred down to the floor. So all of this block and this huge structure, if you've ever been to Branson, you've seen it, it's huge. Nothing tied into the concrete solid. Not one place. And they had thrown bags and trash into the block in every cell. So the concrete they poured in the top didn't even go down and spread underneath it and solid it up. And so the other thing that was awesome was they didn't lay course wire around it. So every course was stacked block on block on block. Nobody stacks block that way. There's no strength in it. If they're just stacked up, it's like me putting a row of people through here. I can walk through and push all of them over, but if they interlock and they, they solid together, you can't do that. Well, this whole structure was built with block on block on block. As soon as we wobbled one, we were able to put three, four, five blocks high, lay them over, put them on the forklift, and run them out of the building. We got to the the big ominous part in the middle. This tall, looked like really heavy, solid concrete. And Ben and I are talking about it, and we we take a 20-pound sledge, and we take turns until we can make this little hole, and we shine a light in it. And it's hollow. This whole thing is on two little steel beams with some posts under it, with plywood over it, and some concrete on top. And so we're able to go in and break those loose, pull them out with the forklift, and set them out and haul them out in big chunks so we don't have to sweep and pick up all the little pieces that we would have made with a jackhammer. That's God. Now, I was talking about it to somebody and I said, I don't know and I don't care how it happened. I don't care if the angels had to go back and restructure all of it because how many of you know with the Syrophoenician woman? Her daughter was demon-possessed. And the dispensation for somebody other than a Jew to receive healing had not been made. There was no um, provision for that. And so this woman goes to Jesus and he says, no, we don't cast our bread to the dogs. But this woman says, but yeah, even the children get a little crumb, bread crumb that rolls off of the table. The, the, the dogs, they get to eat that. Well... That was faith. And that was faith from the Father. And it bypassed time. I don't know if you realize that. It bypassed time. There was a time coming somewhere down in the future when Jesus' death, burial, resurrection allowed it to be neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither slave. Glory to God, neither male nor female. That time hadn't made it yet. 
But the faith of that woman reached through that time, grabbed what she needed, brought it back, and her daughter was healed. And when I was thinking about that concrete, I think God, just on our behalf, would have reached back to 1994 when those guys were pouring that. And told that guy, don't rebar that in. You won't need rebar. Don't put any mesh in it. Because the rest of the building has it. The rest of the building has the block overlaid, half staggered. The rest of the building, it has coarse wire. We cut it open. It's in everything else. The rest of the building has rebar going through. We've cut holes in all kinds of stuff over there. This is the only thing that was different. And so I don't know if that's what happened, but I don't care because God made it easy on us. You see, we could have spent weeks. We could have spent so much time with a jackhammer making dust, making little bitty chunks that everybody else had to sweep up and clean up. But we learned of who he is. We learned of how He does stuff and how He'll allow anything we'll allow. But if we get in faith and we put our faith on something that's going to be easier, it's going to be lighter, it's going to work better on our behalf, if we put our faith on that, God will move heaven and earth on our behalf. You see, we learned a little more all the time about our God. We learned that His his burden and His yoke, they're light and easy. And so as you're going through your week and things are hard, things aren't going just right, step back for just a second and go, Oh, Lord... I don't know what that is. I don't know why that's hard. I don't know why it's trying. But I'm asking you, make this easy. Show me a better way. Show me how to do it different. You see, we need to do that in every situation. When we come into some place and, and we run into opposition with somebody and their feelings are hurt and they're getting upset, we need to be the grown-up enough to step back and go, Okay, Lord. I said something wrong. Show me how to say this in love. Show me how to show them your goodness in this. Show me how to represent you the way Jesus did. Show me how to. Enable me. Quicken me. Show me. We've had so many... Phenomenal opportunities. Um, I'll give you one more. And it really, truly shows the love of God. One of, the, one of my brothers in Branson, they were doing the Branson HVAC project. And Carrie and I's AC in that house was done. And... Uh, It was 95 outside and 98 or 99 inside. And we put fans, we put all kinds of stuff in there. 
Wasn't doing any good. We talked about it. But we felt like the Lord told us to sow into the HVAC. And so we did. So we sowed seed into the HVAC instead of fixing our house. And that was about the time that Brother Moore was talking about, sometimes you just need to jack it up and put a new one under it. And so we were like, Lord, we sowed what it would take to cripple it back up together to maybe get through part of another year. And within just no time, we were talking about it, one to three weeks, a brother in Branson said, I was sitting over there and the Lord told me to ask you how your AC is working. I said, you know, brother, it's not. <laughs> He's like, well, you don't happen to know how much the AC would be. And I told him, he goes, hmm, is that the best that they can put in your house? I said, no. I said, that's this size. He's like, I believe you're supposed to get the best they can put in it. So I had to come home and go through and have them price the very best that they could put into our house, into our duct, into everything that's going on there. And I called him back and I said, uh, the best is right at double what the other was. He goes, that's better. You'll have a check this week. And we did. And we were able to call this heating and air guy and tell them what God did for us. They had taken care of this system since we moved in for three or four years. And they had crippled it and, and kind of propped it up and put bandages on it to keep it going for that period of time. And we were able to tell them we had sown into the church. And God paid all of it. Sent us a check in the mail and told them, how quick can you get that in? I got cash. You see, that's what ministers the goodness of God. That's what shows people the love of God. Let's go back to that scripture in Matthew um, 11, 29. Actually, let's go 11, 28 in the Amplified. Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease, relieve, and refresh. I don't know about you, but I just like the way those words roll off. I will ease, relieve, and refresh your soul. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle humble in heart and you will find rest relief ease refreshment recreation blessed quiet for your souls 30 for my yoke is wholesome useful good it's not harsh it's not hard it's not sharp it's not pressing 
But it's comfortable. It's gracious. It's pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. I feel like there's so many people that are going through stuff that feels weighty, that feels heavy, that maybe your job, maybe relationships, could be your health. It's just stuff you're having to deal with. Let's do what the Lord told my wife to do. He told her to learn of me. All of those things are who he is. We don't have to go through this life heavy, drudgery. We don't have to minister that to other people around about us. We can show them the goodness of God. We can show them even though you lose your house you lose a baby, you go through all kinds of junk, you can still show up with the peace of God. You can still show up knowing you're complete in Him. I don't need a house to be complete. I don't need all of this worldly stuff to be complete and to know who I am. I had a guy one time tell me he was going to sue me and take my company and all of this stuff. He said, I'll shut you down. You'll never build houses again. I said, you don't have the power to do that. I said, you can take everything I own. God gave me this ability. He put the knowledge in my head. And until you take my life, you can't stop me. That's the way we need to be with everything the devil throws at you. It's what's in you. It's not what's out here. It's what's in you in the trial. It's what's in you in the things you go through. It's what's in you that'll rise up big in you and defeat the enemy. He'll only allow the things you allow. All of the stuff you tell it to shut up and go away in Jesus' name, all that stuff, God will move heaven and earth on your behalf to make it work out just that way. To make that burden go away in your life. To make that heartache mended and healed like he did my wife. To make all of that other junk just seem to vanish in a moment. That's the power of God. That's the love of God. And the minute you decide you're not a pack mule, you're a sheep... And you pick that junk up and go, okay, Jesus, I want to be a sheep again. And you take it off and you lay it back on the one who was made to care for you. You step back. Now your load is light. Your countenance is easy. The love of God can now run to all of those around about you. And they can see that you learned of a good God. They can see that you operate and you walk day to day in the knowledge of who you are in Him, not who you are in this world.
Would you stand with me?